It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hook them up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Hook them up indeed. It's game week for the Longhorns. And game week for most of college football. Looking forward to it. So the NFL's preseason in the books. Now uh, take a week off and get ready for the season openers. A week from Sunday, first game is a week from Thursday to start the NFL season with Detroit and Kansas City. Uh, so we've got plenty of football on the brain. Uh, a lot of a lot of texts and action on our Specs text line, 512-337-3776. How about uh, rise above the hate, guys? Rise above the hate. Yeah. You know. Mm. That's, that's not, that's not actually, that's a pretty good compromise, actually, rise above the hate. Says, if they don't want to embrace the hate, I think that's what people are upset about because hate, as we have been you know, discussing in national discourse the last few years, is not something that we want to promote. We want to promote love and compassion, yes, stuff compassion. like that. But so they embrace the hate for kids and stuff who don't understand like the meaning. Then I guess people do that stuff like that. So rise above the hate. That's actually not a bad compromise. I'll give them credit for that. Our, our, we know our fans are very creative. They came up with hook them up. So. Hook them up. Hook them up. It says, uh, I think they already pulled the shirts off the noose, off the. Uh... Damn, that was fast. <laughs> really? They, 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 they that was canceled quick. the shirts. That didn't take long. When did that article come out? When did that article come out? Like on the, it came out like Saturday, right? I Saturday? first saw it on Saturday. It was like Saturday. I thought I we first saw it too. We were hosting a wedding shower, and a buddy wow. of mine showed it to me and says, "Try to explain this to me." I was like, "I, I can't explain that." Man, I'm not sure what people are mad about. Because uh, you know, people are mad because people like to be mad. Well, you know what? You can still get the shirts. I believe somebody else is going to make the shirts. They just can't have them officially made by the University of Texas, endorsed by the University of Texas, and sold at the co-op. You know what I mean? Yes. So that's kind. I bet they're like, "Nah, nah, we can't do it." You know, so yeah, I, I get, and I, I get. Listen, I get the the people who are upset about it. I understand. I'm not offended, but I, I understand people are being offended just because it doesn't offend me. Don't mean that it's not offensive. I, you know, it just don't offend me. I, I just if it said embrace hate, I would get it. It says embrace the hate, and that would be the the hate is coming from the teams the, in your conference you and don't the Big like Twelve you. commissioner, right? The Big Twelve commissioner, <laughs> and they uh, they don't like you. They, they don't, don't like, like it. You. No, of course not. And yeah. They blame gonna, you yeah. for the, the the all the hardships the conference has had to go through. They're your fault, no, Texas. You know, don't, it's you. The the philosophical professors are thinking. Let's not build this around the uh, the negative. Let's let's stick it to positive. But either way, rise I, above the hate's I not like bad it. though. I'm not gonna lie. It's, rise it's, above the it's hate. It's not bad. Not bad. Overcome the hate. Overcome. See, there you go. Now look at you. You already see overcome it, up with, overcome hate. Overcome it, baby. Overcome it. All right. See? Rise up. Then see. It started, see, now you're starting to feel it a little bit. You don't have to have the embrace the hate. It's not, it was catchy and it flowed a well, little like bit. It. it was very rhythmic. Embrace the I hate. I said this last week, but embrace the hate and dominate. If you embrace the hate. If you would have put the and dominate. Or, yeah. There you go. Dominate the hate. Whatever. Uh, yeah, let's come up with something else. I agree. Okay. Well, that's where we are on a Monday. The good, the bad, Man. and the ugly from the weekend. There was plenty of all three. Uh, and it's a busy one for sure. Let's get you caught up on uh, all that went on this weekend and where you sit on a Monday. 
UBO Business Services. Yeah, much more on the Longhorns coming up uh, as they are game week now. Longhorns come in number 11 in the AP in the preseason poll, 12 in the coaches poll. They are the preseason favorites to win the Big 12 Conference in their final year in the uh, in the Big 12. College football season did open this past Saturday with a few games on zero week, a few games of note. That included sixth-ranked USC, who rolled past San Jose State, pulled away 56-28. Heisman Trophy winner Caleb Williams with four touchdown passes. How about uh, the, the uh, Fighting Irish of Notre Dame? They were in Dublin, Ireland, playing Navy and walloped them 42 to nothing uh, 42 three actually no, new Irish quarterback Sam Hartman threw four touchdowns two of them to the true freshman from Westlake High Jaden Greathouse in the NFL the league's 2023 preseason officially in the books now final game was last night Houston beating New Orleans 17 to 13 after that game Texas head coach D'Amico Ryan's officially announced that CJ Stroud will be the starting quarterback Cowboys wrapped their preseason up on Saturday with a win over Las Vegas 31 16 uh, if you missed it on Friday the Cowboys Making the move, sending a fourth-round pick to the San Francisco 49ers for Trey Lance. That trade came out of nowhere. Major League Baseball, streaking Mariners are now in first place in the American League West. First time this season, Rangers uh, have been atop the division in first place every day since April 8th, but they've lost 9 of 10 now. Lost in Minnesota 6-5 to yesterday in 11 innings. They now trail Seattle by a game as they finished off a sweep of the Royals. Houston Wall of Detroit yesterday 17-4 in the rubber game of that series. They're also a game back. Uh, of the M's tied with the Rangers. Dell Diamond, Round Rock won again, rolled past Salt Lake 11-2. And how about the moment of the weekend, maybe? In Williamsport, Pennsylvania yesterday, young Lewis Lappy living every kid's dream. His team from California locked in a 5-5 tie in the championship game of the Little League World Series with Curacao. Walk-off for the championship. It was a walk-off uh, for 25-year-old Victor Hovland, the Oklahoma State Cowboy. He ran away from the field in the season-ending tour championship outside Atlanta. He is your FedEx Cup champion on the PGA Tour. Hovland finished the week at 27 under, five strokes better than Xander Schauffele. It's his first FedEx Cup. The Norwegian becomes just the fifth player ever and the youngest to claim the final two legs of the playoff, the BMW Championship and then the Tour Championship. He cashes checks totaling $21.6 million. Also this weekend, Austin FC fell to ninth place in the Western Conference of the MLS with a 1-0 loss at FC Dallas. Austin returns home to host Seattle, the Sounders, on Wednesday. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. One thing I'll say about this um, new, uh, new attitude the Cowboys have, they have embraced the trade market, and I love it. Yeah, how they, about Jerry they, Jones becoming the Wheeler Dealer? Yeah, I love that, right? That's that's something that they haven't – we know the Cowboys hate free agency. They hate it. They've been open about they believe free agency, you have to spend top dollar. You're bidding on the best free agents. So usually they creep in at the bottom of free agency toward the tail end where they believe they can get the best bargain. So they don't like free agency, and I understand that, right? That That is the most expensive way to acquire talent in the NFL if you're just looking at value. Uh, the draft is the best way to acquire value, and that's why the Cowboys are one of the best drafting teams actually in the NFL the last 10 years. But they focus on the draft because that is where you get the best bang for your buck. Um, after that, you know, undrafted free agents is probably even a better bang for your buck. Cowboys love undrafted free agents. They're one of the best teams at cultivating undrafted free agent acquisitions as well. Um, but they haven't really, and since they hate free agency, they haven't really been maximizing 
every possible means to acquire value and talent. But recently, I don't know who it is, who suggested it, but they have been great in the trade market, which is also another great place to acquire value. You don't overpay in the trade market. You can basically, it's like, let's make a deal, right? You can negotiate those terms. So the Cowboys in the trade market have recently acquired Jonathan Hankins for a sixth-round pick. He was a plug in the middle. Definitely a necessity for them because their rush defense was porous without him, right? They got Brandon Cooks. They needed another explosive wide receiving threat. They got him for a fifth-round pick. Um, cornerback Stefan Gilmore got him for a fifth round pick because they needed a cornerback opposite Trevon Diggs. All right, so they got him as a cornerback and as a former defensive player of the year in uh, the NFL. So he's got some uh, some skins on the wall. And then now you get quarterback Trey Lance, and we'll get into that a little bit more in Raj round of the day. But you get him for a fourth round pick, a mid round pick. Guys, these are fit, you guys are starters you're getting, not Trey Lance. <laughs> uh, but starters that you're getting with Stephon Gilmore, Brandon Cooks, and Jonathan Hankins for mid to late round picks. This is the, the Cowboys organization that I can see maturing before my very eyes. These well, are things that we've criticized e, in the past that now the Cowboys are really, you can see, maximizing that value in, the, in terms of talent acquisition. Well, you had to, right? I mean, like his last year, you know, two years ago, you won the division and you were the best team in the division. And then you lost Amari Cooper and didn't do much in the free agent market, and your your roster got worse. And the Eagles got a lot better, right? The Eagles got active, right? They, they went and got uh, AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made moves to solidify their secondary, and you know they went past you. I mean, they became a better roster and a better team. Uh, I think the Cowboys are trying to keep up with that, and I, you know, a lot of Cowboys are and fans are questioning the move of getting Trey Lance. I I think a fourth round pick is too high. Uh, too much to give up for a player that, that may have been waived here coming up uh, as they get down to 53 people on the roster. Uh, no guarantee on that, but Trey Lance certainly wanted out. But a fourth-round pick, I mean, we don't know who else was offering and what else was on the table. That seems heavy for a guy who may never play for you. Same time, it's a it's a quarterback. It's the most valuable position, and you had the great point last hour, Rod, that he can give them their, their scout team a really good look in, your, in weeks you're prepping for Jalen Hurts and Daniel Jones, both players who rushed for over 700 yards last year. Uh, that is a value to you in this current season, and potentially Trey Lance becomes a player that, that that you can try to develop. But at the same time, you're not going to be doing much to develop him here during the football season. It's it's trying to win now. I mean, you're trying to win games right now. Um, yeah, Jerry Jones said, um, and I like this quote: "Shows maturity uh, on the part of Jerry Jones." Um, quarterbacks are a precious commodity in the NFL. Um, he said, he said we should have uh, in the wings a quarterback on the come. Uh, when San Francisco called, I didn't want them to hang up. <laughs> we want to back Dak Prescott up uh, as well as we can. You can't have enough quarterbacks. We'll see how it works out. But it is worth any risk we're taking here, end quote. Like I said, that's that's maturity. You're talking about a, an organization for the Dallas Cowboys that's drafted seven quarterbacks in the last 34 drafts. Seven the Eagles have drafted seven in the last 15 years. <laughs> I mean, the Patriots have drafted 14 since 1998. And after they drafted Tom Brady and he became their franchise Super Bowl winning quarterback, they still drafted 10 other quarterbacks while Tom Brady was on the roster. <laughs> right? While he was building winning his GOAT resume. They were still drafting quarterbacks. It's just a it's a healthy organizational habit. 
Ron Wolf famously said, you know, he would draft a quarterback every year if they let him. And it's just a healthy organization. I'll get into a little bit more in Rosh Round today, but this is this is just smart of of football by the, the Cowboys, period. If you terms about roster construction, if you're talking about just looking at overall value, Brian Broaddus said they had a second round grade on Trey Lance. So giving up a fourth round pick for a guy you had a second round grade on is pretty good. So we'll get into like all the different reasons this is a good move for the Cowboys. But like I said, you go track teams and their history of drafting quarterbacks. The Cowboys are Easily the most irresponsible team when it comes to drafting quarterbacks in the NFL, but also the luckiest team when it comes to drafting quarterbacks in the NFL. Oh, wow. And I think that's actually distorted their, you know, their 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 organizational habit, uh, a bad one of not drafting quarterbacks. So they believe, oh man, we got Tony Romo, we got Dak Prescott, we're okay. These other organizations have figured out that basically the quarterback position is luck. Nobody knows what the hell they're doing when it comes to quarterbacks. The the late, great Bill Walsh always said, very few people can evaluate the quarterback position. Even fewer people can coach the quarterback position. It's truer now than it was then. And if you're going to you know, be a healthy organization, healthy football organization, you need to continue to infuse that roster and organization with new quarter, quarterback blood, if you will. And is it always going to work out? No. Carson Winston worked out for the Eagles, but Nick Foles ended up being a Super Bowl MVP. Jalen Hurts ended up being another franchise quarterback for him. Did the 49ers, did it work out with Trey Lance? Nope, but they found Brock Purdy as Mr. Irrelevant in the round because they keep drafting quarterbacks. You have to keep drafting them because nobody knows what they're doing, so you got to give yourself margin for error. That's what the Patriots did. They figured, we lucked, up, we lucked out drafting Tom Brady. Let's try to hit the lottery again. And they just kept drafting. And they did okay. They flipped some quarterbacks here and there. But the point is, the Cowboys had to remedy this. And no, they didn't draft them, but at least they acquired them. That's baby steps. This is a good move by the Cowboys every which way you look at it from a football perspective. I know some Cowboys fans are going to you know, they're gonna complain about anything. They'll complain about no matter what happens with their Cowboys. But this is a good move, Cowboys fans. This is positive. Don't be upset about it. It's positive. He's like the 20th highest paid player on the roster. You're not paying that much for him. Well, and he's got this year and next year on his contract. Yeah. He could pick up his fifth-year option. But, I mean, I think the argument, and it's not, I mean, if he never plays a snap for the Cowboys and you gave up a fourth-round pick, that you could see that is not enough value for a fourth-round draft pick. But I do like investment in the uh, quarterback exactly. position at any time you can. you got to keep doing that. All right, so uh, that's out there. We'll get to Rod's rant of the day. We're talking Texas football. Looking forward to the uh, – to the press conference this morning now. Of course, we are no longer the rights holder for UT, so we can't carry that for you live at 11 o'clock this morning. We will certainly have the highlights as they come in and be talking about what Sark says today all day. Somebody said, didn't people freak out last year when Sark didn't release a depth chart? Uh, Why would we expect him to release one this year? Well, he may not. He may not. But the only reason I would say expected is Sark said last week he expects to put out a depth chart and signify clearly the ones versus the twos and you know, who's won these positional battles in camp. He may not today. There's no guarantee. But he also, uh, he might. As for the uh, embrace the hate conversation, this says rise above it. This says no, no, no. Don't change it and bow down to those people. Embrace <laughs> those the people. hate. To those, those people. people. This says, yeah, uh, this <laughs> says the, the 1% mob wins again. It says rise above sounds soft. Come on, guys. Mm. And this says subtlety can be lost on many in this country. Young people would have taken UT 10 minutes of teamwork to come up with Something more accommodating. But do you have to always be accommodating? Or can you be blunt sometimes? 
Because mm. I don't think the, the the slogan is offensive at all. Craig Way once told me some very wise words that I took to heart, and it's the reason that I haven't been like suspended off radio, but I say things that are considered controversial all the time. It ain't what you say, it's how you say it. You can say anything you want to. You just have to be very careful about how you articulate that. And he's right. So it ain't what you say, it's how you say it. That's, that's always a better way to say it. You just got to find the words. And there are plenty of them. This big, thick dictionary full of them. They're sure. And then we could go through our thesaurus <laughs> yeah, I mean, and come up with one new ones. And and it's, it's, an academic, it's an academic institution. You're not the Aggies, right? You're not the Red Raiders. You're supposed to champion yourself on your intellectual, academic prowess. Come up with a better one. Well, well we still live in America, though. Right. We still do. I'm just First saying. First Amendment rights. But I, it is, I agree. But it's the universe, if, they pulled, if they pulled it, then they believe that, all right, you know, we were in the wrong here. If they pulled it, I'm not. That, and somebody said they did pull it. If they pulled it, then so yeah. Somebody mentioned they may have already pulled the. We, t-shirt. Should, we or, should make those t-shirts. Or the though. t-shirts are just sold out. <laughs> or the t-shirts. They have could just be sold, sold out. out. I'm gonna say if they if they did pull it, then they believe like okay, you know what? Maybe those that other side made a good point, or they just you know don't want to deal with the blowback. I, I don't disagree that there could have been a different slogan that may have been. You know, but at the same time, I don't think there's anything wrong with the one that they, I, they have. I'm they not offended. Really don't. I don't either. I don't get offended by a lot of stuff though. Like no. I, I, I am not as offended by most. Most people get offended every day about something. Right. I'm not. I'm with you on people. that. But, <laughs> Some uh, people like to be offended. They wake up looking to be offended. Well, and those people don't always have to win. <laughs> they don't always have to be listened to at the same time, right? I mean, because, that is fair. Now, look, if the if the if the statement and sentiment is is un, is is wrong, then yes, call it out and change it. But in this case, it's not. Uh, it's offending a, a small group of people that think it's. Not saying what it's saying. It's it's a pretty simple statement that's saying the point uh, that we are not going to be liked by anybody in our conference this year. Uh, being, Crystal Conti said it clearly. They don't like us. Uh, we they see us as broken up the conference, mm-hmm. and they're going to be out to get us. So oh, we, yeah. So we as an athletic department have to embrace it, understand that it's there. It's coming, and get ready. Get ready for. No, I I love the saying initially. I didn't. Like I, said, I didn't think people would uh, get offended by it, but some people are offended by. It. And I like I said hate. People throw that word around, um, and considering that we've tried to obviously champion other things like compassion and love, I, I understand why some people don't like the word hate thrown around by their university. Okay, so that's that's their opinion, not mine though. Like yeah. I said, I'm not offended by. It. I I wish I'd have got one of the shirts. Now I'm upset. We can make our own. Are, make our own. Yeah, it's not the same. I want to buy it from the co-op. I mean, it's official, official. You know what I mean, but that's okay. What's that? What's that uh, website or app you can make clothes like make uh, like Etsy? It's a ton of them. Etsy, it's we a can ton make, of them. make our own oh, shirts. Th- you will see those shirts on game day. Uh, everyone, I, whether they were sold from the co-op or not, people will have those shirts All now right. more than ever. I'm in. I'm in the works of creating an, my own brand called On the Saturday. So maybe that will be one of these the first On the Saturday T-shirts. Oh, the hate. really? I'm just assuming when we were nice on campus on Saturday, there'll be a lot of embrace the hate gear. There whether, will be. whether they bought it or they made it themselves, mm-hmm. uh, but that that thing is going to stick. Well, now the other side, mm-hmm. so they upset by the, the the people who are really offended. So they're really going to buy it. So they no, they're going to make them. They're yeah. going oh, yeah. to go out of their way to make them, them and make like embrace the hate tailgates and stuff like that. Like it's going to now we're going to see even more of it than we expected from the jump. So. Can, we, can we go back to the days where I, we were, I was at Texas OU and they were handing out dirty Sanchez T-shirts? Oh, <laughs> oh, what? Yeah. Hey, were, you know, remember, guy, there was a bunch of guys outside the gate just handed a whole section at him. It was all awesome. No one was no one was complaining then. Well, you remember it was Tom. <laughs> Nobody was offended no. by that. <laughs> they no. probably didn't know what it was. You know. <laughs> they probably did not. You know, Tom Herman had yeah. the uh, the the OK, okay cool hook 'em 
thing. Remember oh, that yeah, deal? because of uh, Michelle, right? Yeah, well, his buddy there at Ohio State, Zach, uh, whatever the former wide well, receivers coach well, is. Well, no, because I think her response on Twitter was okay, cool. Was okay, cool. Hook him. It was because of her. Yeah, it was yeah. Michelle's wife. Okay, cool. The wife's response to him and her them talking trash on Twitter was okay, cool. Hook him. Listen, and I, know, I know my husband's has come back. Like, yeah, what? yeah. No, okay, it, cool, no it was it was great. I loved it, and it became a thing. <laughs> okay, cool. Hook him, and people really made T-shirts and made hats about it. It was great, but it was it was an inside joke, and that's why it was cool. It was an inside joke for Longhorn fans. If you didn't get it, you didn't get it. Then it was on you. And Longhorn people were like, okay, cool. Hook him. What the hell is that? It's like, well, then if you you don't know. You don't know. You're not in the know. And it maybe if Texas can find kind of an inside joke thing, that'd be cool, too, about this. All right, a lot to do. It is a busy Monday, recapping a really, really busy weekend with uh, sports of all sorts, for sure. Before the end of the hour, uh, we'll play some Bullish and BS, brought to you by those first-place Austin Gamblers. Uh, good times yesterday out there at Moody Center in this weekend. Also, the... Uh, the other top stories from Bullish and BS. we got to talk some Longhorns. Rod's got a rant at the bottom of the hour, which we'll yeah. dive into. And do you expect to see a depth chart today? Do you think there'll be one, or does it matter? I think it ma- It would matter to me. I mean, as a player, I like depth charts. I'm old school, but I won the job. I need you know, I need people to see I won the job. <laughs> I want everybody to see I won the job. It's my job. I need everybody nationally to know Robbie won that job, that I went out there and competed against the best athletes that Texas could bring to the 40 acres, and I went out there and competed like hell and won that damn job, and I am your best option to go help you win games at the cornerback position. It matters to me. It's a pride thing with me. But like I said, I'm from the old school now. Maybe they don't need depth charts, and maybe it's not not significant. But I, I actually, like I said, from a sentimental perspective, I wanted to see my name. It was like a vision board or something. You know what I mean? They made those vision boards or whatever. I needed to see it where I won it. I won the job, and then I was the first cornerback on that depth chart. It meant something to me, and maybe it doesn't mean anything to the guys. They don't care like mm, I did. Well, uh, I, I like your side, too. But, again, I, who's going to run out there when they play Alabama week two is the important part, right? Who are the ones? Yeah. Who are your 11 best And maybe best they don't want side? Alabama to know that. Right. And I get know, that. I mean, everybody's going to play against Rice. I think we know that. You're yeah. going to empty the depth chart in that game. It's 2.30 in the heat of the day. Uh, they're going to use their depth to wear Rice out and try to get a lot of people's feet wet into the season. I get all that. But, again, it all changes the following week where your best 11 are going to be on the field uh, throughout the game and in critical moments. And you've got to know who those guys are. If you're looking for concerns, because there's been a lot of reasons for optimism, we know that mm-hmm. with the Longhorns. But, you know, as we've heard from Sark, you know, if the if the defense has won both scrimmages and the defensive line anchored by Alfred Collins and Byron Murphy are continuing to, you know, wreak havoc, then you got to be a little bit concerned about the interior of your O-line, right? You know what you got with Kelvin Banks and maybe Christian Jones at right guard, but you have to settle those. I mean, you know mm-hmm. you know, Alabama and Nick Saban are going are gonna to challenge you in the trenches. Uh, and if you're, if you're still not there yet, you know, that can blow up an offense if you're getting beat right at the middle. Which, no which it sounds like. And I would also put to, to, mm-hmm. to concerns, Rod, as we go into game week, you know, uh, you, the, the, the goal of the defense was to force more turnovers, and it sounds like they have, but at the same time, that means your offense was turning the ball over a little bit. Oh, and yeah. That got ball security. Yep. It's our ball, y'all. Yep. That has to be a, a point of focus and emphasis, obviously, this week as you head into actual football games. And remember, uh, also, Sark talked about pre-snap penalties. More issue in both scrimmages that he didn't like. You know, he had so much pre-snap movement shifts and uh, motions before the snap that that was an issue about getting that all synchronized. So I do wonder if that's something to watch for early on, right? Just the rust period, the rust factor with the offense. Uh, so I think you're right. Turnovers—that's something that Texas uh, that Texas fans should be looking for because 
on both sides, defensively, hopefully they're forcing the lot of turnovers, taking the ball away. Uh, but offensively, are they taking care of the football? Remember last year, they, that wasn't a big issue for Texas. They were actually tied with K-State for the fewest uh, giveaways and the fewest turnovers in, the, in Big 12 play. Uh, but they didn't take the ball away enough, so turnover margin, I think they were fifth in the Big 12 because they were ninth in takeaways. So those are two things that you want to see them continue yeah. to continue to take care of the football like they did last season, but you want to see the defense take the football away. Something else I want to watch in this um, in the Rice matchup, too, since we're, well, we'll get into it a little bit later. I think they're going to be really vanilla. I, and there are some conceptual signatures of Sark's offense you're just going to see all the time, pre-stand motions and shifts, play-action pass, RPOs. But in terms of the exotic play design, I don't think you're going to see any exotic play design at all. I think they're going to keep it vanilla intentionally on purpose, and that may frustrate some Longhorn fans because you may not get the explosive plays and the separation you want early on in the matchup. You may have to wear Rice down just kind of a little bit, and Rice believes they're somewhat talented. We'll get into that uh, when we go behind the burn orange curtain, but it's going to be vanilla, and if I'm sorry, honestly, man, this week I'm, I'm game planning for Bama. Yeah, I, I agree just, with you. 100%. You know what I mean? Like, well, I'm sorry, like, too. sorry, Rice. Like, that's, that's why. That's why it might. It may be vanilla, and it might start slow. Is because I think they're game planning for Bama this week. I think they're game planning for Bama last week, this week, and next week. When I think Bama's doing the same because they're exactly. prepping. They're, <laughs> yeah. they're game planning for Middle Tennessee. There you go. And Middle Tennessee and Rice are, are probably pretty even. Hey, we come back. It'll be uh, Roz Rant. Uh, we talk more the good, the bad, and the ugly from the busy weekend. What was good for you over the weekend? What didn't you like? And what was just downright ugly, including those Texas Rangers. Plummeting, they've lost 9 of 10, and they've lost their grip on the top spot in the American League West. The Seattle Mariners have taken the top, taken over. We'll get you details on that, a three-team race in the West. And bullish and BS before the end of the hour here on Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan. You just got to keep living, man. Rod Babers. L-I-V-I-N. Ian Rod B. On the Horn. All about the numbers, Rod. The numbers ahead of Rod's rant of the day. How about Victor Hovland? $21.6 million in checks he's cashed the last two weeks and has dominated the uh, the best players in golf. Allah, he was Tiger Woods-like for the last couple of weekends. Mm-hmm. How about uh, rolling into Eastlake? 68, 64, 66, 63. Just laser beams with his iron shots and uh, first and strokes gained off the tee. He was tremendous. Finishes at 27 under par. Uh, the 25-year-old former Oklahoma State Cowboy was uh, phenomenal. If you take what he did in Chicago uh, with that 61 on Sunday and, and rolled that right into East Lake, he was staggeringly good uh, for just didn't, didn't miss many, hardly hit any bad shots over four days. It's really, really hard to do. And Scotty Scheffler, who teed off with the lead, that just didn't have it. Can't putt. You can't putt, can't putt, and um, you, you drive for show, you putt for dough, <laughs> and uh, he kind of lost his mojo on Thursday when he had that triple, first triple he's had all season, and uh, Victor Hovlin is the man right now. I would also say that uh, how did the Texas Rangers tie cough up their lead in the American League West that they have owned since early April? A one and nine stretch, Rod. They've won one of their last ten games. The Rangers, meanwhile, the Mariners have gone nine and one. And the Astros have gone four and Go six. Strokes. So all of a sudden, the Seattle Mariners are the first place team. And as I said to you last week, they're the team that scares. That they look like the best team right now. Uh, you know, it's not who's the best team all year; it's who's playing the best when it matters. And right now, the the Mariners are pitching better than Houston and Texas. And Julio Rodriguez, this young phenom, has gotten really hot. And uh, they just wrapped up. Uh, they're they're in the midst of their best fifty game stretch in twenty years. Wow. 
They're 34 and 16 <laughs> their last 50 games, and they have overtaken the Rangers. So uh, here we go. Now both the Rangers and Astros are in the wild card race, and, and right they right if the season ended today would be in the wild card. Okay. In the American League, along with Tampa. Still though. It's still, it's still starting to freak out. If you're a Rangers fan, you got to be freaking out a little bit now. Nah, really? I'm good. Okay. There's bad stretches of the year, but you picked the worst a bad stretch time to go yeah. one and ten. <laughs> it's the worst time to have your worst stretch of the okay. season. Still equal to Astros. Yeah. Well, okay. actually, the Astros now have more wins than the Rangers at 74, and uh, yeah, we'll see. The Astros lost their first two games in Detroit, or first game, and then won the next two. Put up seven runs yesterday, uh, 17 runs, I should say, Ooh. with Jeremy Pena. And a five-hit day. Uh, we'll hear from JP coming up, Jeremy Pena. But uh, there's some baseball, a little golf. We know it's football season for sure, and people are locking in and uh, getting ready for it. But, uh, by the way, did you see Lionel Messi's pass the other night? On oh, Saturday? no, I didn't. I hear he's not going to start their first uh, MLS game, though. They're not going to start him. Yeah, they're... So I guess they're just like. I don't think he started. I don't think he started this game either. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, yeah, I mean, he may not have started he, any game. He so far. came in in the 60th minute. They just put him in like scored. for a for a, like a 10 minute spurt, and he just. Well, you, they, he's got to play if these fans are paying a thousand dollars a ticket. Yeah, you expect to see. Yeah, you got to see him. So, you, so you just haven't started him. So, yeah, it's interesting. He's old. No, he is old, and you, want, you can't afford for him to get hurt. So you just want to make sure you ease it Load in. Load management. Exactly. Load there management. There you go. The uh, NBAification. He came of in, in the <laughs> he, he came in in the 60th minute with the fans chanting, and you know the the, the pass he made. The he's just so much better than everybody out there. Uh, but I, I read where the uh, uh, the value of that franchise. Oh yeah, man, it's got skyrocket. It's unbelievable. It's, it's probably going to be close to a billion dollars. Inter Miami still has not lost with Lionel Messi. The club mm-hmm. is now projecting 200 million in annual revenue. That's four times more than they made last year. And it would be an MLS record by a mile, and it puts them on par with teams like Newcastle, United, and, and Aston Villa in the Premier League. So. Yeah, and I guarantee, I don't know when the new CBA is up for MLS, but they're definitely going to fix some of the the rules where they can have more uh, international superstars like Messi yeah. on these types of deals. Because so there's, there's a movement, some in the MLS don't like this. They think this could be bad for MLS to start to set this precedent for players like Messi to come over here and own, you know, own have ownership stake and get a share, revenue share of the jerseys and the, you know, the the concessions and the merchandising, all that kind of stuff. But how else are you going to get those types of players? And now you are one of the biggest story sports stories in the world. I mean, that's I don't know. I think it's worth it. Yeah, you ain't got to do it for every player, but I mean, like four or five of those guys, they want to come play, and you might get one in their prime. Messi's not even in his prime. Yeah, he's a retirement know. plan. Well, and you're seeing how it can flip the franchise and uh, make it so much more valuable. All right, we'll get to the NFL as well coming up because the preseason's over. What we'll be watching today is cut-down day, right? you got to get down to 53-person oh, yeah. rosters, mm-hmm. which was always a fearful time for Rod over there. Uh, what's going to happen? <laughs> Am I going to get that man. phone, you know, bring your playbook? Uh, kind of thing? I hated to bring my playbook. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's always sucked. Yeah, well, today's you know the day. Coming. Uh, you know, they give you a trash bag too, by the way. Oh, Still, trash billion, bag, multi-billion-dollar business. They, I believe, well, I was there and I saw it even on Hard Knocks a few years ago. So maybe now they'll give you an actual duffel bag, like an actual. You get a team, uh, you know, affiliated bag yeah, to take your yeah. crap out in. But no, usually trash bag, sir. Fill it up and please, you know, don't, uh, yeah, don't leave anything on your way out. Yeah. Take all your no crap. No keepsake you. for you. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for coming. <laughs> There'll be no parting gifts. Uh, I did get to keep my playbook with the Lions, though. Strangely enough, yeah. How? Because they cut me while I was oh, like I was I wasn't with the team. 
I was like on I was like on vacation or something. Do you still have it? Me. I actually do have that playbook, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, hey, let's drive into Rod's rant. It's a busy one on a Monday morning. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite. And start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, oh you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butt. All right, let's get to uh, some NFL discussion. The big story, of course, uh, Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys making a move trading for Trey Lance. And there's so many different benefits to this move for the Cowboys. And I've said it before, and it is... It's an organizational malpractice, if you will, for how the Cowboys have approached the quarterback position. Um, in the last 34 years, I count only seven quarterbacks they've drafted in the common era draft, which is un- unbelievable. The Patriots have 14 quarterbacks they've drafted since 1998. Eagles, seven quarterbacks they've drafted in the last 15 years. So you're talking about damn near every, one every other year for them. Uh, Green Bay has drafted 10 since 1999, 17 since 1990. The 49ers have drafted 12 since 99. Otherwise, they'd be up its creek, if, if you will, without uh, drafting Brock Purdy uh, as the Mr. Irrelevant last in the draft uh, because obviously with the Trey Lance situation, they miscalculated um, the developmental track of, a tr- of Trey Lance. So if, if if you just draft quarterbacks ever so often, I think it'll keep you from being in quarterback hell. The the Cowboys have avoided quarterback hell. I'll give them props because they've really been lucky when it comes to quarterback. I brought this up earlier uh, this week. We talked about, not this week, but last week, about the Cowboys, and I didn't even know this was going to be a story. But, you know, they lucked into Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott's Viagra. They had no idea Dak Prescott was going to be – uh, as great as he was and a franchise quarterback. They drafted him in the fourth round, turned him into a third-string quarterback, and it was a good move, by the way, as few quarterbacks that they drafted. Well, remember, they were targeting quarterback in that draft. They were. They were going they Connor, were Connor the- Cook and Paxton Lynch were guys they were looking at. Yeah. Uh, then they did not. They, they could have traded for those guys. They did not. Johnny Manziel, I remember, at one point, they wanted him too. They were looking for a quarterback, but my point is when they did draft the quarterback, it worked out for them, actually. Um, he was third string, and then Romo gets hurt, and then Kelly Moore gets hurt, and then Dak Prescott becomes guy. And that's not development, by the way. Remember, Dak Prescott became the quarterback, uh, starting quarterback his rookie year. And that wasn't necessarily development. He was just really good in that offense, and they, he developed after that. Why some Cowboys fans are displeased with Dak because they believe, oh, man, Dak is regressing. All right, Dak is uh, not as good as he was. Or he's plateaued. Maybe that's the right term. Plateaued. Well, uh, 15 interceptions, 17 would say well, yeah, regression. Plateaued and maybe now gotten figured out a little yes, bit by this Yes, I think league. that's the concern for Dak Prescott. But this is why you needed to make the move. And some people obviously think you may have paid too much or given too much for Trey Lance because he's going to be a third-string quarterback and gave up a fourth-round pick. I think it was worth it for the Cowboys, and here's why. Last season, the NFL set a record for 68 different starting quarterbacks in the NFL. 68 in 2022. Hell, you had, by the way, 1987, that was when they had replacement players, the NFL strike year. That was the only time they had more starting quarterbacks. You had 87 that year. You won't surpass that ever, right? But in any other normal year, this is an NFL record. You had 21 teams that relied on multiple quarterback starters, all right? Uh, Multiple unique starters at the quarterback position is how they phrase it. You had 13 teams, I counted, that played at least three quarterbacks. 13! Of 32. You had more than a third of the league mm-hmm. had to play three quarterbacks. Hell, you had uh, teams playing three, third string quarterbacks in the playoffs. 
like the 49ers, like the, the Miami Dolphins. So if you're just looking at it from a pragmatic standpoint, E, there are more teams using third-string quarterbacks than ever before in the history of the NFL. As a matter of fact, only eight quarterbacks started all 17 games. Only 10 quarterbacks had 100% participation, um, which is the lowest in the 10-team era. So the truth is, just from a pragmatic standpoint, just as the insurance policy, and if quarterback is the most valuable position in all of football, in all of sports, some people would say, everything valuable in our life, we have insurance on it, right? Our life, our health, our car, our house. If it's important, they tell you to insure it. Well, the backup and your third-string quarterback, that's your insurance behind your most valuable asset, which is your quarterback position. And I think the Cowboys, once again, they just bought some more insurance on the quarterback position, which I don't have a problem with that at all. Yeah, they're bringing in a, a player like that. That uh, also, yeah, uh, it was it, kind of a shame for Will Greer, who was it told it was going to be his last game, and then went out and threw four touchdowns. Played great in the preseason game with Dak Prescott calling it, plays, but he put tape out there for other teams to have a look at. And, and th- he did. That was, and that's important because I think Will Greer's going to end up somewhere. He's better than hell. Like I said, most teams now with the quarterback rule, they're going to have a third string quarterback on the roster. They're going to try to keep one on the active roster. Um, and I think Will Sam Greer, Sam Ellinger is going to be exactly probably Some, the emergency yeah. quarterback back in Indianapolis yeah. behind Anthony Richardson. Yeah. and uh, So I think some teams are Gardner understanding. Minshew, Gardner Minshew. Yeah, they don't want to be in that position. But also, and I brought this up earlier, man, if, let's just say, Trey Lance doesn't help you out at all, and that's the hope, right? Because you don't even want your third-string quarterback to have to play. That means your, your, your starting quarterback got hurt and your backup got hurt. You don't want to be in that situation. So even if Trey Lance never gets to start or take a snap for the Cowboys in an actual game, here's how he's going to help the Cowboys immediately and impact them immediately and help them win games. I brought this up earlier. We are living in a time in football where the dual-threat quarterback is more, of, is more of a weapon than ever before. Um, last season was the first time since they've been tracking it, uh, E, that quarterback design runs actually were, uh, were, they had a higher rate, I should say, of quarterback design runs than they actually had of quarterback scrambles. That's never happened in NFL history. The reason is because we have more dual-threat quarterbacks in the NFL than ever before, and the NFL has now basically decided to accept and evolve and tailor their offensive game plans to the specific unique skill sets of these dual-threat quarterbacks. Hell, the Cowboys face two of them in the division. In Jalen Hurts and Daniel Jones, 700-yard rushers. Hell, Jalen Hurts may be the best dual-threat quarterback in the league, some people would say. Got the tush-push to deal with and the, the uh, basically the souped-up version of the quarterback sneak that the Eagles run. You got to face those two quarterbacks twice a year. That's four games right there. You play Josh Allen, I believe. You play the Bills late on in this season. So that's another of the top you know, dual-threat quarterbacks in the NFL. So that's five games you're going to end up playing a dual-threat quarterback. And hell, like four of those are division games. Those are Crucial games. You got to find a way to win or win that series or split um, those division series. Now you actually have a dual threat quarterback. I'm talking about a guy that has elite explosive athleticism at the quarterback position in Trey Lance, who can be a simulation quarterback in practice for Dan Quinn's defense when he's got to play uh, against the Eagles and game plan against Jalen Hurts and Daniel Jones and Josh Allen. Trust me, he was not getting that kind of look with Cooper Rush. And Dak Prescott does not provide reps for the scout team for the defense. He don't do that. Remember we had the stories, E, about Brock Purdy and how he was performing versus the 49ers defense in training camp a couple years ago? Yes, and during the season. Because that's what your third-string quarterback does. 
your third-string quarterback is usually your scout team quarterback for the defense. And now that scout team quarterback for the Cowboys, at least when they're giving those looks, those when you're trying to simulate uh, what the opposing quarterback's going to do, if they're going to face a dual-third quarterback, and like I said, they'll face one at least in five games, I guarantee you Trey Lance is going to be given that visual, and it's going to be a much more accurate visual. So in addition to the insurance policy behind your starting quarterback, you can also use these uh, quarterbacks, at least Trey Lance, as a, as a scout team quarterback to give you a more accurate visual um, for the, uh, the dual-threat quarterbacks you're going to face on your schedule. It's well said. All right, so that's why the uh, the pick, and you know the, the 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 obvious question is: Does this put any pressure on Dak Prescott at all? The fact that you uh, traded for a guy that you once had a, a high second round grade on, uh, and obviously Dak Prescott, um, you know he he's not going to take it as any competition. But uh, we do remember when Carson Wentz was the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, and they mm-hmm. drafted a guy Jalen Hurts in the second round, who was supposed to just be. You know, insurance and uh, developmental player. Well, now he took Carson Wentz's job <laughs> eventually. Yep. I don't know if that can be Trey Lance because he's thrown so many passes, th- so few passes in the, in the, his football career. But uh, the Cowboys now have a developmental player at that position. It, Plus may, it, can help that, it may keep that from playing hardball in those negotiations. <laughs> Tom Brady didn't play a lot of hardball with the Patriots because the Patriots kept drafting quarterbacks. And he always, there was always that card that Belichick could play. was like, man, I drafted you in the sixth round. I drafted this guy in the fourth round. I might give him a shot. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> was a second-round pick for them, or exactly. late, late second. All right, we come back. It's bullish or BS. Get you some tales from the, uh, the Moody Center. The gambler days are in the books, and they were phenomenal. Also, some other bullish and BS topics. Coming back here on Ian Rod. Bullish or BS? Brought to you by the Austin Gamblers. Yeah, bullish or BS? The weekend at Moody Center was outstanding. Great job to JJ Gotch and the entire team of the Austin Gamblers. They nice. went three and zero. Huge crowds. I mean, Saturday was a complete sellout. Yesterday we were there. Tremendous crowd and um, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. That is that is an adrenaline filled sport that's growing like crazy. I mentioned Michael Dell is now part owner. He was in the uh, um, the dirt area right right next to us and uh, watching his team. He's a part owner of that team uh, of the Austin Gamblers. So a lot of fun out there. That was very, very bullish. How about this, Rod and Ty? Are you bullish or BS that, uh, according to CB, they had the first college game day on Saturday for the college yeah. football season, and Desmond Howard That's picked so Texas good. to be in his college football playoff. He Mm-mm. typically makes horrible picks. Also, <laughs> also, all the analysts there at ESPN picked Texas to be the Big 12 champions in 20 and 23 uh, mm. through it all. Are you bullish or BS on Desmond Howard taking the Longhorns in the final four? I'm B- uh, BS on Desmond Howard. I'm bullish on everybody else picking, but yeah, Desmond Howard makes terrible picks. He picked the Aggies to make the college football playoff a couple of years ago. Last year. Was it last year he and did? Yeah, won five wins. Yeah, and yeah, he just seems he's got the the kiss of death thing working. Um, not yeah. So, but everybody else picked him too. So maybe you can balance out that bad mojo. But Desmond Howard, he makes horrible picks. I want to say something. Didn't he pick like? Did he pick Brock Bowers to win the Heisman? Or yes. Something? Yeah, he, he just said made, a, a tight end's going to win the Heisman. A tight end, not a running back, not a wide receiver, which we've seen from both of them, but a tight end is going to win the Heisman. It's like, okay, he's just, yeah, I don't know why he makes it. You know what? But we're talking about him. Maybe, uh uh-huh. That's why he makes bad picks. He's like, you know what? Nobody will talk about me if I make a sensible pick. I make terrible picks, it'll go viral. Also, there are some at the University of Texas, including a group of uh, professors that are calling out the Embrace the Hate moniker that Texas has adopted in their athletic department, Mm. saying that it's not on brand. Uh, Are we bullish or BS on pushing back against Embrace the Hate or just, come on now. 
Everybody it's, doesn't need to be offended all the time. It's it's BS, but I, like I said, we'll see if they took the the, the shirts off the shelves yeah. or if they if they left them up there. We'll see that. But you will see embrace the hate on game day. I just don't oh. know if it'll be officially endorsed and sold at the University of Texas co-op. That's I think will be the question. Well, somebody somebody texted in that. They called in to the co-op and said that they didn't pull it off the shelves. It just sold out that quickly. Yeah, they sold oh, out. Oh, nice. They're there a hot go. commodity. There you go. And the uh, the but they make the, more. The the, the minor the minor pushback and blowback has created it to be more of a sales piece. The cancel crowd. Oh, maybe they did that on purpose. Oh, maybe. Maybe that's maybe that was Texas, the genius of Texas marketing. You're like, nah, we need people to hate us literally, and then you know we'll see people buy it on the other end. The uh, blowback. What do you have for us, Ty, and uh, Bullish or BS? Uh, talk about a little bit about the Cowboys running back room. Uh, we talked about the Texas mm-hmm. depth chart earlier. Um, I'm looking at the most updated Cowboys depth chart, and at the running back position, they have Tony Pollard as a starter, Rico Dowdle as a second stringer, and Deuce Vaughn as the th- updated as the third third guy on the on the depth chart. Bullish or BS? Deuce Vaughn is more than a, just a gadget guy, kick return type of player this year. Like he can make a legitimate impact on the se- on the season. I think you're going to see Deuce Vaughn just as much as you're going to see Rico Dottle. Agreed. Because Agreed. I think they'll have, on that. they'll have packages for Deuce Vaughn. They'll have specific packages, personnel groupings they'll use just for Deuce. They're not like they have... used to do for Pollard when Pollard was a young player exactly. behind Zeke Elliott. They're not going to specialize anything for Dottle. He's not special enough for that. He's serviceable, but I think they're going to specialize packages and plays just to try to get him, get get Deuce in open space one-on-one against defenders, which is a nightmare, and everybody knows it. So, yeah. I'm bullish. Bullish on that, bro. I like that. Hey, I'm, we like uh, that. rest in peace to the late, great Bob Barker, who passed away oh. on Saturday of natural causes, and good of him. He, he died at 99. He didn't go over a dollar. 99. Close. Close yeah. to going over, but didn't go over. But yeah. no. Is he on the... Uh, Live a full life? Is Bob Barker on the Mount Rushmore of game show hosts? Yes. Is that for sure? We did have these sexual... Mm. Um, I got to go do the research on did, this. Did he do something bad? He well, liked every- to... You may have the Barker's Babes back when you could call him Barker's Babes. <laughs> and he might have made, like, give him a little massage a time or two. A little, a little sexual harassment thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he's probably in the that conversation. In the 90s. He's definitely in the conversation. Yeah, for the talking about the goats of yeah, you're talking about Pat Sajak, yeah, Monty Hall, game show host. Alex Trebek, Richard Dawson. I don't know if he's on. I don't know if he's the, on the Mount Rushmore though. That's interesting. Mount Mush, Mount, Mount Rushmore of game show hosts. Where does Bob Barker land as he passed away on Saturday? Bullish or BS? We'll be back.